drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? He hails from Sweden, sings mostly in English, uh, but he's been described as having the soul of an Argentine troubadour. Jose Gonzalez is a singer-songwriter whose vocals and intricate guitar melodies simultaneously blend folk, indie rock and classical. Gonzalez first captured the hearts of listeners worldwide with his debut album, Veneer. Jose Gonzalez, welcome to you. Hey, happy to be here. I just want to go back to the start because a lot of musicians, you know, stumble at the first hurdle, if you like, about being noticed, getting that first break. I read that your first break came when a record executive from Mute Records came across your music. How did you get him to notice you? So it wasn't until uh, these uh, record label guys uh, found the music in, in Stockholm in one of the record stores that that I uh, sort of felt like, okay, let's let's give this a try. So, so it was uh, basically heading for a life in, in research in biochemistry that that was my my goal at that time of course these days a lot of artists have sophisticated social media releases yours was fairly old school it was just a home phone number written yeah. on the back of this seven inch if, uh, <laughs> if, if that wasn't discovered where yeah you'd be in uh, deep in the research field would you yeah yeah i mean i didn't have that many uh, results so maybe i would would have switched to music at some point <laughs> Because I wasn't, uh, my research wasn't heading anywhere. But but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess to, to many people, this sounds very old school. Like you, you release a like a physical copy of a seven inch and just wait for other people to find it instead of just putting out the YouTube video. <laughs> but that was the way to do it back then. Yeah. Some of your most popular songs are, are in fact covers. You've got Teardrop by Massive Attack, Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division, Heartbeats by The Knife. Uh, how do you choose a cover? Does it have to come from somewhere within you, some sentimental attachment, or is it something about the music? Yeah, I mean, the, there's something about the music. I, I um, back, back then I was pretty slow at writing music, and so when it was time to, to do this first album, I, I didn't have enough songs at first. And uh, so basically I, uh, I did what we used to do with my bands. If, if you don't have enough songs, you just play other people's songs. And, and if you pick something that people recognize, it's, uh, you know, it makes the show better <laughs> or more fun for the audience. When I had my first uh, big show, uh, they, they asked for a one-hour set, and I had to pick even more covers. And uh, I picked Kelly Minogue's Hand on Your Heart uh, after uh, watching... 
her video on on, on the uh, Swedish MTV, and uh, felt like it was uh, th there was some sort of a clash between the the poppy music and happy dancing by Kylie, and and then the lyrics that were pretty heart heartbreak type of lyrics. Um, so yeah, there's always a mixture of trying to find a a song that that sounds good, that has a lyric that appeals to me in some way, and um, but but lately I've started to do covers that are just you know beautiful songs, and it's not about trying to make an in interesting cover. So songs like Blackbird by Beatles and and some Simon and Garfunkel. So so yeah, it's a mixture of reasons. <laughs> well, at the risk of sounding parochial, there's plenty more Kylie Minogue to choose from. You've got Spitting Around, um, you know, yeah, lo yeah. Locomotion. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you regard yourself as a secular humanist and you kind of explored that through your most recent album, Local Valley in particular. What does it mean uh, to you to be a secular humanist? Well, basically it's uh, about um, human flourishing and, and, and looking at how you can make the best out of, the, out of this uh, one life that we know that we have. Basically doing that through reason and science and, and um, yeah, just trying to be good in general and, and have fun. <laughs> uh, and uh, many times that gets uh, associated with uh, not believing in, in gods or any other supernatural things. Um, but, but the central thing is uh, human flourishing. And, uh, and uh, the way I explored it in my album is basically by uh, having songs that, that sound a bit churchy, some like <laughs> sometimes. Um, so some sacral songs, uh, but without uh, any mention of, of a god or, or a spirit. Um, but there's also some songs, uh, a song like uh, Visions is a song that uh, explores the, the idea of uh, collect collective vision for, for human flourishing on this little planet. But yeah, apart from that, it's basically a regular album with, with songs that... Um, just sound good. <laughs> well, you bring up a good point about, uh, you know, the fact that atheists do tend to miss out on some of that spiritual music, which doesn't have to be connected to faith. It could be connected to community or nature. I suppose being a, a PhD in biochemistry, nature is pretty important to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I definitely think there's uh, many things you can get inspiration from and feel like are meaningful in, in your lives. And, and, and it comes down to each individual to figure out what, what that meaning is. But uh, I think for, for many people, uh, nature is uh, so much, ex explains so much of uh, who we are and where we come from. And, and it gives us uh, comfort to be out in nature. So, so yeah, it's a very central theme. For me, at least, and I think for many other people that that look to uh, try to find meaning in life. Beautifully said, as we can hear songbirds twittering in the background where you are. If you just join me, Jose Gonzalez is my guest. We're talking about his upcoming shows for Vivid in Sydney here on RN Drive. And you had more time than usual, like most artists, to, to work on their most recent album, particularly this album, Local Valley, because of the pandemic, everything was delayed and pushed back. Is having that extra time a, a curse or a gift? Because I can imagine you end up overthinking it with too much time. Yeah, it was um, it was a bit weird for me because the, the album was already... I had a finished a version of the album that I was pretty happy with. 
uh, around uh, March 2020. And um, so when the pandemic came, my, my label guys uh, said, yeah, we're not going to release this <laughs> right now. We're going to wait. <laughs> and then uh, in the waiting, I, I, I started to pick up the songs and try them out and re-record. And um, basically, I spent way way more time than usual with with the with finished songs which was uh, i think pretty good for me i was able to rehearse the songs and and play them in a more natural way when i was recording so usually i i, I do the album and then i tour and then i have sort of slightly better versions after three years but, but with the pandemic i got that like extra time to to rehearse um so that was good of course, here in Australia, we're no doubt uh, proud of our musical exports like Kylie Minogue, but also uh, our classical guitarist, probably our most famed classical guitarist, Slava Gregorian. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Mm. He uh, was joining me the other, the other day and he was talking about how he writes music uh, by imagining a character and what a character's going through. Mm. Is, that, is that how you uh, work or do you have a different method? Well, I, I do get images in my mind when I'm um, starting to write the lyrics, uh, and uh, sometimes it's situations, uh, sometimes it's just uh, uh, sort of imagery, vague, vague abstract. But uh, but it, yeah, I guess it's different when it's instrumental music, where uh, where you uh, might need need <laughs> something uh, more substantial. To <laughs> so, so for me, it's, once I have the lyrics, it's uh, it's a lot to do with with the lyrics and and the mood I'm trying to convey. Not, but yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, something I, I struggle with actually. The, the writing the lyrics and and trying to find these imageries and and that's I've been um, reading lots of books last couple of years and and, uh, and sort of try to find uh, good phrases or or just themes from those. Two incorporate into the music because you you write often in english not your native tongue is that for any reason or is it just what comes naturally well it, it came natural when i was a teenager uh basically uh, doing what all my friends were doing uh and even though that was my third language uh, it just got stuck <laughs> it felt right when i was playing and or writing and um and since then it's big it's become uh, habit, I guess, and uh, and uh, another reason was that uh, when I, whenever I thought about writing in Swedish or Spanish, I, it felt a bit too direct and, and too uh, a bit uncomfortable in in, in how uh, open it felt, um, uh, or like it opened up me to the audience too much, uh, which of course changed when I started touring outside Sweden. Uh, the UK and later Australia or US, then then uh, the English was <laughs> more direct. So um, so yeah, with the years, I, I felt uh, a bit silly that I sort of got stuck with English. And, and it wasn't until this latest album where I wrote in both in Swedish and Spanish, which were my native tongues. Of course, the use of English in your lyrics may go some way to explain your music's appeal in commercial uh, formats and in movies and, and TV. I think you're one of the first artists to really permeate that kind of space. What is it about your music that you think resonates well when paired with vision, i.e. TV and movies? Um, I've heard from people that work with music in, in series that they they liked uh, some of my songs because of they can use it um, 
when there's still dialogue going on. It's uh, it's not that intrusive sonically. And of course, when you talk about emotions, if if it's uh, uh, sort of uh, moody and emotional music compared to dance music, then it might fit better to sort of uh, romantic or or uh, moody scene. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not I'm not sure exactly, but but it's been used in different. Uh, Styles, I would say. So the one of the latest ones was um, the cover of Massive Attack, Teardrop, and, and the documentary about uh, Michael Jordan. So one of the sort of epic moments in his career. So yeah, I guess it's a bit of you know good luck once uh, once uh, people rec- uh, like my music, it's uh, they can find it uh, useful in different different scenes. What do you want to tell me and us to know about the song Remain? Yeah, uh, so I've I haven't played it for more than a decade, and it's going to be fun to play it for for the first time with the audience at the Sydney Opera House. And it's um, um, it's one of those songs where I I can really see the younger version of myself writing a lyric where I try to write something that matters, something that feels uh, strong, and and uh, it's a, a type of feeling that I I I, I don't feel that much anymore but i can resonate with the younger <laughs> self <laughs> trying to make an impact in the world and and uh yeah it's, it's uh, but musically I, I really enjoy playing it and and i look forward to to play it with uh, this uh, uh, louder sound that we've been able to uh, muster and during the last you know, 20 years of touring. <laughs> well, Jose Gonzalez, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Jose is playing at the Opera House for Likewise. Vivid Sydney. Jose Gonzalez, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you so much. Here's Remain from Veneer. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.